your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and follow our podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you enjoy this episode and want to catch up on previous episodes you've missed or stay in the loop for future episodes, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, and the Megaphone app. Subscribing is free and keeps you up to date on the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. On this edition of the Locked On Jets podcast, I wanted to cover a couple of different topics because I think there's a lot to go over and, and some of it is, you know, it's not really great, I have to say. Um, there were some unfortunate events that occurred today that I think really do deserve a little bit of discussion and certainly some reflection. I also wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, the recent staffing changes over at the Pittsburgh Penguins, which... I think a lot of people weren't really expecting, but did kind of uh, stir the pot, so to speak. And then towards the end of the episode, I will talk a little bit about uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois' debut for the Jets tonight, which will be taking place in just a few hours. The game hasn't started yet, and of course, I really didn't want to start recording this episode at, you know, solid 10 p.m. my time or even 11 p.m., so I am getting a bit of an early head start. You'll have to forgive me this time. But all that said, I'll have some impressions on how he's played and how the Jets now look with him in the lineup in just a little bit. Let's deal with the unpleasantries first, though, and I think that this is a topic a lot of people are going to have a lot of feelings about because... For many of us, it actually does impact us to, to some degree on like a personal level. Bell Media has now shut down several uh, major TSN radio stations, and one of them includes Winnipeg's TSN 1290. Those of you who have listened to the airwaves in Winnipeg for many years know that TSN 1290 was the bastion for Winnipeg's radio sports media coverage. I mean, you really don't have a much larger radio presence than TSN 1290. And while I didn't listen to them personally all that much just because I'm not really in that region, I do know a lot of my friends have listened to them. I know some of my friends are actually very close to the folks who worked for TSN 1290. Of course, I've interacted with them on social media a number of times, and so all of us in some in some way, shape, or form have probably had a, a kind of a close contact to the folks at TSN 1290, and to see them really disrespected by Bell in the way that this was done is just... It's very frustrating and very painful on, like, a personal level. You feel for the folks, whether or not you disagreed with them, totally irrelevant to the topic and the issue. They were unceremoniously dumped by a company that just put out this huge campaign about mental health and basically pretended to be the good guys. We know that corporate images and all of this stuff, especially charity work, always comes with some kind of a catch, right? It feels like inevitably the company that's trying to show some sort of altruistic side is going to reveal its true nature sooner rather than later. There are plenty of great companies out there that don't have this sort of a, a cynical side to them. You know, there are plenty of great companies that genuinely believe in the, the charity and outreach work that they do. But this is just really bad from, from Bell, and I think they know better. A lot of the TSN stations that they shutter today, which I believe include uh, one in Toronto, the, the Winnipeg 1290 station, and then a station in Vancouver, they didn't actually tell the employees it was really coming. Most of those employees ended up finding out later on that not only were their positions terminated, but the entire radio station was gone with it. For a company that's getting financial help from the Canadian government and plenty of money and revenue incoming, 
It's just mind-boggling that they did all of this and did it so quickly without really giving any of their employees the due respect that they deserve. I, I know that there were suspicions that TSN was going to have to lay some folks off and Bell, you know, certainly at the higher level was thinking about the same thing, but shuttering entire radio stations with almost no notice, it's really just unacceptable. I, I certainly send my regards and condolences to all of those impacted and affected by this, including friends and family of the employees who were terminated. And I just wonder why Bell thought that this was necessary. You know, it's one thing to lay employees off, it, at least in some sort of a timely manner, or where there actually is communication between the employees and the employers regarding what's going on. Bell basically sprung this out of the blue and did so in a way that we often see with like retail industries where, you know, corporations don't really give you any sort of notice. They just close the offices and the folks who are working there end up getting screwed because they oftentimes can't even go on the premises anymore and they have to jump through hoops just to get some of their personal effects that might still be on the site. It's just a really sad day that this happened, and I feel like in a year in which so many people have already lost everything, you know, 2020 was horrific, 2021 hasn't been a whole lot better. For Bell to have the nerve to do the Bell Let's Talk campaign like a week or two right before they pull this stunt is just, it's baffling, and it really shows their true colors. And of course, Winnipeg has a lot of affiliations with Bell, as well as some name brand sponsorships. I know that all of this stuff is driven by money, and it's very silly for me as a fan to ask this, but I really feel like the Jets need to take a stand and sever those relationships, especially the visible ones where Bell is actually on these players' helmets and on MTS Place's name. It's it's very rare that I feel like this is something that personally needs to happen. You know, plenty of companies do really shady stuff all the time, and it's not super shocking when it happens. But I think a lot of people would agree that this is, for some reason, just a little bit more than the usual. You know, this is affecting people who are very close. I mean, Winnipeg's a small city, right? A lot of people listen to 1290. A lot of folks know the people who worked at 1290 and are in all likelihood friends with them. I mean, it's crazy that this happened in such a small community and it's happened in other Canadian cities too. So I'm just, I think I'm just really upset and, and frustrated. I mean, this is not the worst thing that's happened in 2020 or 2021, you know? There are plenty of really bad things that happened around the world. But just as like a, a media thing, and of course I'm not really, uh, I'm certainly cognizant that I'm blessed to have this podcast and I'm very grateful for it. So for me, it, it strikes a personal chord to see this radio station shut down. And it's a worrying sign for the future of the uh, the sports media industry and a lot of these local radio stations and TV stations that are going to apparently struggle now that they might be cut at any moment. CJOB will still be around for the time being, but of course that doesn't really help all of the folks who were impacted at TSN 1290. So all I can hope for is that the folks who got fired and laid off land back on their feet quickly so they can continue to do the great work that they do and support their friends and family. Whether you agreed or disagreed with what the folks on 1290 said, they were a huge pillar of the Winnipeg community and it's going to be very difficult to find another radio station quite like them, especially for so many Jets fans who relied on 1290's broadcasts on a daily basis. For now, all we can do is call Bell out and try and fight them for this kind of stuff because 1290 probably won't be the last station to get cut and we don't want to see this continue to happen. And Bell, do frickin' better, man. You know this was wrong and of course it's now coming out that in fact Bell was the one who backed out of their Jets broadcast deal a little bit early. Outstanding stuff for a company that surely claims to be a, a huge proponent of mental health, you know? Absolutely fantastic work, y'all. I'm going to cut off my rant there, but if you need any support or want to talk about the whole situation, be sure to hit me up at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. I'll be there for whatever you need. In a little bit, we'll talk about some of the news around the NHL, including the Pittsburgh Penguins front office shakeup, and then I'll also have some thoughts on Pierre-Luc Dubois' first game as a Jet. Before then, though, I wanted to tell you a little bit about why BetOnline.ag needs to be your one-stop shop for all your online betting needs. For one thing, BetOnline is the fastest, safest, and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. 
The NFL might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, NHL, international soccer, and numerous other pro sports leagues are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Whether it's the odds of your next Stanley Cup champ, or the next person to get voted off the island on your favorite reality TV show, BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all the news, scores, and odds you could ever need, and is the spot to place your bets. Log on to BetOnline.ag today, and when you do, be sure to sign up for a free account and use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your very first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON when you create your free account for a 50% welcome bonus with your very first deposit. You can register via your mobile app or on the desktop, so don't delay. Register at BetOnline.ag today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are continuing our NHL coverage after some, you know, less than great stuff talking about the uh, the TSN 1290 shutterings and a lot of the sports media that were laid off today. It's been a tough day for the sports world in general. But, as in all things, the sports world keeps ticking. And if you want to know more about what's going on, be sure to subscribe to Locked on Today. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked on Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked on Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked on Today wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And now back to some updates from around the NHL, some of which are a little bit quirky. We now have official confirmation that the Pittsburgh Penguins have hired GM Ron Hextall and Brian Burke as president of Hockey Ops. I couldn't think of a stranger duo just because, you know, Ron Hextall, generally speaking, I felt was pretty progressive when he was with the Philadelphia Flyers. Like, I didn't agree with everything that Hextall did, but, you know, for the most part, I kind of, I liked the way that he thought. He had a bit more of an eye towards the future, and I think the way that he tried to build the Flyers, especially in terms of their future success and eventually the uh, the prospect pipelines that have now paved the way for them to be, well, at least in theory, a more competitive team, made a lot of sense at the time. I think that there was always a step that the team really wasn't able to take under his leadership, but he definitely laid the groundwork for a lot of much better things to come. Brian Burke, on the other hand, I don't really get as a hiring just because Burke, for me at least, especially when he was a TV commentator, was terrible. And now he's bringing a lot of his old school notions to the Pittsburgh Penguins, at least in certain sectors of the team. So I don't really understand this one because I feel like it's going in two different directions. You've got Hextall, who's a lot more progressive in certain ways, and you've got Burke, who's definitely more of the old guard. I don't really get it just because I feel like these are two very divergent types of people, and maybe I'm just seeing the forest for the trees and there's actually not that much to read into here, but I I don't know, this is a strange move for me. If Hextall is the one who's making most of the decisions, I feel like the Penguins definitely made the right call. I mean, there aren't that many great GM candidates that the NHL will actually accept. It's always the same pool of, at least in my opinion, very mediocre guys who don't really have that much of a a major impact in a positive way. But as far as like a guy who understands building a long-term plan for success is concerned, I feel like Hextall, generally speaking, has a much better idea than most of the candidates that are out there. You know, certainly more than Jason Botterill. Pete Shirelli and those kinds of uh, GMs and stuff. So at least for the most part, Ron Hextall is a pretty decent hire. I I feel like this could go pretty well for the Penguins if they play their cards right. Where I do kind of wonder how things pan out is bringing in Burke if if he actually has like some kind of a final say on different moves and things. I could see that not going as well just because I feel like Burke thinks very differently than the rest of what uh, I I would assume Hextall would be bringing in. Certainly, people will always say that two heads are better than one, but if both heads completely disagree on how things should happen, it may not be the most helpful situation. We'll know soon enough what the plan is, but it does sound like Hextall is kind of leaning towards thinking about a longer-term rebuild just because the team is still technically competitive right now, and it's not just technically competitive, it's still a very good attacking-oriented team. 
if they can squeeze out a goaltender from somewhere and maybe find a defender or two, this is a team that still has plenty of juice left in the tank, even though, you know, Malkin and Crosby are both de definitely starting to age out. The time for rebuild is definitely on the way, but they can still make a lot of, I guess, magic happen in terms of playoff success and maybe some postseason runs. This Penguins team still has plenty of fight left in it, it just needs a couple of pieces to, to kind of get it back to where it used to be. A team that might have some bigger issues to sort out than just defending or goaltending, though, has to be the Columbus Blue Jackets, and this is a very strange one because I think we all knew that Line A going to the Blue Jackets was going to be a potentially tumultuous time. What's kind of mind-boggling, though, is that in Line A's fourth game, which was last night, he ended up getting benched for almost half the game, which is just crazy if you think about it. Line A was on the ice for a goal against where there were a couple of different Columbus skaters who seemed to try and adjust for at least what seemed like a busted coverage or something. It ended up being that like a four or so different Columbus skaters all collapsed in, in the slot and tried to mark a couple of different Carolina puck carriers. Line A was marking the, the right-handed defender on the left side, you know, pretty high up, I guess, in his own defensive zone, which is not that uncommon that we see, but I don't think Line A realized that the, the coverage behind him was already busted and there was a Carolina skater coming in off of a rebound attempt, you know, from a shot on goal. Patrick didn't react quickly enough and didn't read the situation, and it ended up leading to a goal against, but, you know, Line A was one of the few guys that got benched for the rest of the game. Dean Kukin was the other one, and both guys, again, were on the ice for goals against. I just don't really get what Tortorella is thinking here, because when you think about it, your fourth game in, when you're one of the guys who's leading expected goals for on your team, and you've already scored a number of actual goals for your squad, maybe benching that player for like half the, the game isn't really the best way to make him feel welcome? I don't know, it's just kind of strange. There were some very weird theories that came out of it, one of which was somebody suggesting that Tortorella is trying to get himself fired, so he's purposely benching uh, Line A to try and accelerate this process, which I can't really see that being a thing. I highly doubt that Tortorella wants to leave his job and get fired right now of all times. During a freaking pandemic, I don't think that that is his aim. Tortorella staff, I don't know who it was, but one of them said that it was actually Line A mouthing off to one of the assistant coaches, and that's what got him benched. That is is plausible, at least, as far as I'm concerned. I've heard interesting things about Line A not exactly holding back what he thinks. But even then, you often see, like, these kids and players and, and even veterans talking back to coaching staffs because this is a two-way street. It's a, it's a human relations situation. So I can't imagine that that's why Tortorella would bench him. And the timing of the benching is very much congruent with Line A being on the ice for a bad goal against. And it's not like Tortorella hasn't done this before. He's benched players when he thinks that they've had a bad defensive shift or he doesn't like the way they look. So, very interesting situation. I was kind of suspecting that at some point Line A would get on Tortorella's bad side. I don't think that when you watch Line A that he plays the kind of game uh, Tortorella tends to favor. That it's already led to a significant benching just a few games in is pretty crazy though. That's very fast and I think it's a little bit much and honestly a little bit unfair to Line A to do something like that unless Line A really crossed some sort of line. If it's just the goal against, I find that to be kind of silly. So, let's see what happens. Maybe Line A will kind of work things out and everything will be okay, but... I don't know, the situation in Columbus continues to deteriorate. Miko Koivu ended up announcing his retirement today. Pierre-Luc Dubois wanted out. There's just a lot with that team that kind of seems broken. Speaking of the Blue Jackets and Pierre-Luc Dubois, in just a little bit we'll talk about Dubois's first game as a Jet, talking about some of his early shifts and seeing how he fits in. Before then though, I thought you should know a little bit about why Bilt Bar might become your go-to protein bar of choice. Those of you who are longtime listeners of this podcast know by now that I'm personally a big fan of Bilt Bars. If you've never had one, it's a protein bar that's more like a candy bar, with a dark chocolate exterior and a soft chewy interior. Of their 12 original flavors, I highly recommend starting off with raspberry and mint brownie. 
But if you can't decide, don't hesitate to order the Variety Box, which includes all 12 original flavors as well as 6 brand new flavors. That's right, 6 delicious new flavors including Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Cherry Barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, and Apple Almond Crisp. As good as these flavors taste, they're even better for you, with most Built Bars clocking in at around 200 calories or less, between 14 to 19 grams of protein, and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Built Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, and high in fiber, so they're great for keto diets as well as weight loss and weight maintenance programs. To get started, go to BuiltBar.com, and when you're checking out, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive 20% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Hello and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are talking a little bit now about how Pierre-Luc Dubois has fared in his first couple of periods for the Winnipeg Jets. The long and short of it is that the first period was something of a mixed bag, if if not just outright bad. Um, unfortunately, PLD's line of Kyle Connor and Trevor Lewis just really wasn't gelling and they didn't really have a whole lot of time out there anyways, which is actually fine with me. Most of the shifts for that line ended up getting pinned in the defensive zone, which is not great, and I don't necessarily think that's on PLD. I think, you know, Kyle Connor's defensive awareness is not great, partly because he just turns the puck over a lot. Trevor Lewis is, while a very capable, you know, third or fourth line player in terms of, like, a defensive presence, he's still not exactly at the races and a little bit slow. Dubois was trying to be a a more defensive anchor in the middle and had a couple of decent plays, but aside from that, didn't really play much and, and struggled to create much of an impact, which is okay. It's just this first period. It's going to take him some time, just like it took Line a, a little bit uh, before Line a started feeling more at ease in Columbus. But I think the other thing to remember is that Dubois has had a lot of time off. It's been about like a month or so since PLD last played an NHL game. So some people saw that he only got like three and a half minutes in the first period and they were a bit dismayed. I'm actually fine with that. If you're going to have a, a guy who's struggling a little bit just to get up to speed and also his line is not really having a great first start. Yeah, you know, don't throw him to the wolves. Give him a few minutes off. Don't don't worry about it too much. It's just his first game, and it'll take time for Dubois to, to ramp up to, at least to NHL speed. The good news is that it really didn't take him long before he started to feel it. it. It seemed like Maurice recognized that Lewis on that line was probably holding the other two back a little bit just because, you know, Connor moves very quickly, but when it comes to being a, a dominant puck possessor, he sometimes struggles under pressure, so... Maurice moved Appleton up to that third line and swapped that Trevor Lewis back to the fourth, which is a really good swap. I mean, it's the one that probably should have been the starting line, but, you know, I wasn't going to complain about it too much. As soon as Appleton got promoted, though, immediately the tempo of that line changed and, and Dubois started to move a lot faster. What I like to see from him in that second period was that he was driving possession a lot more in terms of being a really aggressive, uh, you know, zone entry specialist using his big physical frame in the corners, and then he also had a couple of moments where he showed off some of the power moves that he likes to use when he wants to get close into the net for a goal-scoring opportunity. One of these signature moves is like an outside-inside cut as he comes through the face-off circles, usually the right side, and he'll drive in around the defender, shield the puck, and basically cut inside, trying to force the defender to either hook, you know, make a tripping penalty of some sort, or just lose the contest altogether before Dubois either creates a goal-scoring opportunity for himself or, or a chaos moment for one of his teammates. The rest of the period looked really good for Dubois. He was fast, he was very strong, he had a couple of really great passes, um, and some really nice opportunities that almost got him a couple of early points. His distribution is definitely noticeable. He's got very soft hands. I thought that he had a couple of really deft touches on the puck and a couple of really great passes, especially as he was looking to create breakouts for his teammates through the neutral zone. His defensive marking is like, okay, it's not great, I wouldn't say, but it's less of a problem if you have a couple of teammates like Appleton who can dominate that puck possession and really be aggressive on the forecheck. In terms of his offensive zone work, though, there's a lot to like. 
I have a feeling as, as PLD starts to get more time and a little bit more comfort level and really just get back up to NHL speed, he'll start to rack up those points. The first period was definitely something of like a nightmare period for him. I'm, I'm sure he wasn't really happy with it, but I, again, I can't really say that it's on him. You know, obviously it's just his first game back after like forever off, so that's a huge break, and now he's kind of getting a little bit more warmed up, feeling a little bit more comfort, and he's starting to get a couple of these overlapping routes and a little bit more of a feel for just being this power forward center that he can be. We've still got one period remaining, and I'll, I'll have more thoughts on this game on tomorrow's episode just because I don't want to talk about it too much tonight. I, I do want to kind of stew over it a little bit and give you a deeper dive into this game as a whole because it's been a little bit of a strange uh, first couple of periods. For tonight's episode, though, that's going to be a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. Before you log off, be sure to check out Locked On NHL, and don't miss another big hockey story by starting your week off with Locked On NHL. Every Monday, Locked On Kings host Sarah Avampato interviews local experts covering the biggest stories in hockey. Get reactions to blockbuster trades, deep dives on the teams destined to be at the top of the standings, and analysis of hockey's hottest stars. Subscribe to Locked On on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go!